0: Good morning and welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotion. My name is Nandi Fleming and I will be your host for this morning's worship. Before we start, let us just close our eyes for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I realize that in the world that we live in, there are many things that take us prisoner. Sometimes it is our own thinking. Sometimes it is our own behavior. Sometimes it is the expectations of other people that... that Keep us trapped and, and stop us from living our lives freely without guilt, without you know, um, hesitation and, and really just enjoying the things of life. And my prayer this morning is, Lord, that you will give us that freedom that we need. Freedom to live life in a healthy way. Freedom to make choices in the fear of the Lord and to stick with them and not to feel guilty. Lord, bless us now as we open your word is my prayer in your name. Amen. I'd like to read for you this morning out of the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 45. It says, I walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments, O Lord. The title for my talk this morning is Guilt-Free, Healthy Communication. There's a saying by Barack Obama that goes, It is important to make sure that we're talking with each other in a way that heals, not in a way that wounds. I recall a while back, I was asked to serve on a disciplinary committee and being a pastoral counselor that often leads or deals with problems, it's kind of expected that I would say yes, but I had a lot on my plate that week and it really felt like I wouldn't be honoring God if I took on more responsibility. You see, I do realize that God expects me to take care of my spiritual well-being Um, my time in his daily word and to take care of my social well-being, to spend time with my family and friends and also to look out to my future in terms of my academic performance and learning And I realized that God expects me to take care of my emotional and cognitive well-being, my physical health through exercise and eating well and taking time to cook good food. And he expects me to take care of my vocation as well, you know, my job and, and those that fall under me who are my responsibility and then my family, which also falls under social. And as I was given this request to serve on this disciplinary committee, I, I thought to myself, if I were to take this on, then I would be dishonoring God. And I realized with all that was on my plate, that my vocational responsibility was taking over my life. My job was becoming my end all. And it was consuming all the other aspects of my life. And I felt trapped by this apparent responsibility. You know, this responsibility that was pressing down on me of the expectations of people for me to say yes. And then I remembered a verse, Psalms 119 verse 45, that says, I walk in freedom for I've devoted myself to your commandments. And this really made me think. That you know, freedom comes from when we when we dedicate ourselves to the Lord, when we dedicate ourselves to the things of God, and and when we take our plans to Him and ask Him to bless those plans, then we don't have to feel guilty um, when we follow God's ways. So I decided to decline the invitation to serve on this disciplinary committee. Um, others who served on the board asked me later, you know, how could you decline? Why did you decline? And it was usually followed by some very, you know, intense body language, maybe a frown on the face or a disapproving shake of the head, the folding of the arms and a silent pause waiting for me to, you know, explain to them why I was declining, um, you know, and how could I decline? And then you could even hear sometimes within the tone of voice that there was a certain amount of disapproval. And what was usually followed was, you know, this pause to wait for me to give this very good explanation. Their body language clearly communicated their expectations. And their expectation was, you cannot say no. You should be serving on this board. And I remember the one person asked me this in a very light way, and which to, to which I jokingly replied, you know, it's not in God's will for my life right now. And we had a good laugh. And, you know, he commented and said, you know, how can one argue with that? And I walked away. And that day, my life changed significantly because I realized that whenever I am expected to do certain things, you know, to fulfill certain responsibilities, I needed to actually, before I, you know, said yes or no to any of these things, I needed to take it to the Lord and ask him if it was something that he wanted me to take on. And as much as I said those words in a type of jokingly manner, it was actually something that became true for my life going forward. To ask, you know, when somebody expected something of me or when I had to take on a new task or if somebody wanted me to change my 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 plans you know is this in god's plan for my life is this still going to allow me to live my life in the fear of god And as God's children, we should be attentive to how we communicate. Um, You know, this experience taught me that not only did I have to, you know, check how I communicated my declining of of the invitation, but that those who responded to my decline, how did they communicate, you know, their approval or disapproval? You know, was it okay for me to say no? And, and it made me realize that, you know, we need to look out to how we communicate as God's children to those around us. Um, you see, communication is not just about speaking. Um, but it's also about what your body speaks or what your body says when you are using words. Now, research has shown us that only 7% of communication is verbal, while 39% of communication is nonverbal, such as body language and tone of voice. In other words, when people speak, we tend to look more at their body and their tone of voice than to listen to the words that they are saying. And it has become a habit of ours to communicate in such a way that these two different types of communication often contradict one another. Our um, bodies don't say what our mouths are saying. Have you ever looked at somebody and said to yourself inside, your mouth is saying one thing, but your body is telling me a completely different story? And I'm unsure where this habit of ours came from, you know, where our mouths don't speak what our bodies are saying. Our bodies don't correspond with what our mouths are saying. And it's a bad habit that we've really formed, you know, that actually what it is communicating is that we are being dishonest. We are not communicating truthfully because deep down inside our bodies are screaming. No, when our mouths are saying, yes, OK. And and, and we need to learn to be more truthful in the ways that we speak to match our, our verbal communication with our non-verbal communication, you know, not to just stand there and say yes and then pout or just fold our arms and and act cold towards the other person because somehow we assume that people must know through our body language that we are unhappy. And, And what we really are doing is we're failing to verbally communicate what our true needs are. I mean, we need to learn to do this. There's a saying that goes, honest, open communication is the only street that leads us into the real world where we then begin to grow as we never did before. And once we are on this road, then happiness cannot be far away. This is a saying by John Joseph Powell. You see, we need to learn to match our verbal with our nonverbal communication, true communication, honest communication with our words as well as with our bodies and our tone of voice. Otherwise, it just sends confusing messages. And we end up, you know, communicating half truths and unclear messages come through. And then miscommunication happens. And miscommunication, you know, ends up ending up in conflict. And conflict follows, you know, through. And then we end up with broken relationships and anger and resentment and stress and heartache and pain clear communication is absolutely necessary and there are really you know four steps in clear communication which we can remember when we are we when when we are faced with difficulty you know especially in difficult situations we need to ask ourselves am i communicating clearly am i communicating honestly am i trying to manipulate or am i busy here trying to persuade the person and will be happy with whatever outcome so here are the four steps Number one, explain truthfully using your words as well as your body language what you want to communicate. Remember tone of voice. Then on the other person's side, actively listen and acknowledge that which is being said. And this also includes your words. You can acknowledge with your words as well as with your body, showing that you are listening. And then the person can ask clarifying questions, saying, did I understand your correction? Is this what you meant? And then, of course, the last step is reflecting the message back to check for understanding. In other words, repeating the per- what the person has said in the way that you understood it to make sure that the message came through in the correct manner. Now, there is a warning. Even after you have followed these four steps of explaining truthfully actively listening and acknowledging, asking clarification questions and reflecting the message back, you might still find that even despite you being kind in your communication, setting out clear boundaries and making sure that the person understands your decision, that people will still be unhappy and not accept your choices. When this happens, you need to learn to move past the disappointments. Don't feel guilty over your choices and actions if you have made them in the fear of God. Um, We need to learn to look to God for approval and not to man. Remember that as Christians, in the beginning of our day, we lay our day and our plans before the Lord and we ask him to bless them. As Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. So ask him to bless your plans and align your plans according to what you and him discussed in the beginning of the day. And as you schedule your priorities, ask him... Um, to, to, to help you not to feel guilty and ask him to help you to remove the tasks that are not important for your day. The tasks that don't fit into your daily living or into the plan for your life, um, and then sometimes the things that people perhaps expect you to do and tell you to do, you might discover that the Lord is not requiring you to take on those extra burdens and that it is okay to decline and to say no, but to remember that, yes, people are going to kick against it. Um, and then we just move past it. We don't feel guilty. We look to God and we remember that he is approving of our plans. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened as by the yoke of slaves. Now I'm taking this verse a bit out of context, but I I, I think it creates a, a specific message. It's saying, you know, don't be burdened. Don't be imprisoned. And I think a lot of times we are imprisoned by yoke and the yoke of things that wasn't placed upon us. You know, we've we've mentioned the verse that says so many times, take my yoke upon you, because my burdens are light. And and I think when we take on God's responsibility, you know, then we can feel free to communicate to people that, that you know, this is not in God's. God's plan for my life. Um, I, I believe that I've prayed to the Lord and I've got a specific path that I'm following in my life. And this doesn't fit into the major plan. You know, don't give up that which is best for that which is good. You know, sometimes people come with good things and things that we should get involved in. But, but there's better things that we should be, you know, t- taking time out for. Don't just submit to people's demands. Don't just submit to your own ideas either. Remember that we need to ask in all things, in all of our plans, in all of our decisions and our actions, We need to ask, is this in God's plan for my life? Does God require me to do this? Um, Can I compare what I'm about to say yes to to scripture and, and to my life plans and goals and see if it fits in? What does God require me to do? And this made me think of the verse in Micah 6 verse 8 where it says, Showing you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly. With your God. What does God require? Mercy, justice, and humility. And I think if we can communicate in these terms with mercy, with justice, and humility, this is what God expects of us. And to live our lives mercifully, in justice, and humility, and to live a balanced lifestyle, and to love then we will not feel guilty when we have to communicate certain messages. We will feel free, we will feel healthy, and we'll be able to communicate even messages that might upset other people in a well-balanced manner that sets us free. And my prayer for you really is then that the Lord will set you free as you devote yourself to Him, as you devote yourself to following His commands and implementing them into your life, implementing your life plan into God's ways. May God bless you. Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word YES to PLUS27836584296. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at 8am. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word YES to PLUS27836584296. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.